Welcome to Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life, a broadcast of Purdue University Extension, where we cut through the hype, explore the science behind food and nutrition, and provide practical tips for incorporating healthful strategies into everyday life. Hello again. We are back this week ready to digest some of Lauren Link's information that she shared on her episode about misinformation. And you have me, Monica Nagel, again with Abby Sampson uh, doing this little digest on misinformation. So uh, you heard us mention on the episode that Lauren has a fantastic um, marketing magnus segment on her Instagram page. And so while she is a bit tongue-in-cheek on there with her post and this concept, it's it's very important because there's lots and lots of misinformation going around out there, um, either from other people on social media or the companies who are marketing their products. Um, so many companies are preying on our, the customers' insecurities and fears, um, as she said. So as RDs, we have to spend a lot of time with people helping them to reduce their fear of food, and these marketing claims tend to do more harm the good and you know just in our previous episodes we were talking about the intuitive eating and to get rid of the the fear around food and so these claims are just continuing to put that fear in our minds and uh, labeling something as good or bad yeah exactly monica and i think first it's important to understand that the usda and the fda which are two um big organizations that have a, a large um, foot in our food industry, they're very responsible for ensuring the integrity and safety of our food products as well. Um, but unfortunately, there's no national standard for food characteristics. So this can lead to that label information that really misleads customers. And it may not be understandable, like locally grown when we're talking on a national level. So sometimes these standards are created because it's difficult to determine that standard and it's a, a lot of cost of money and time as well. So for example, one label that can be confusing sometimes is natural. Um, so this is supposed to mean that a product does not contain artificial ingredients or added color or that it's just minimally processed. Um, this, But this label must also include the meaning of it on the label, it does not mean that all three of those are necessarily true when it says natural, but it, it needs to be defined in order to have any substance on that label. Yeah, and another label that's uh, confusing is that pet peeve of mine uh, <laughs> is uh, plant-based. What does this label even mean? Uh, it's not regulated and it can often lead co consumers to believe that their product is better. but many of the products I see it on, they're already plant-based. So let's think about some cauliflower pretzels. People are buying these cauliflower pretzels because they're supposed to be healthier for you because they have cauliflower in them, right? They're, we're having veggies, but it says it's plant-based. But last time I checked, the wheat that regular pretzels are made from are made from plants. So I just don't understand how what this plant-based label truly means. Yeah, plant-based plant is a great example of something that can go into this whole stream of madness because um, you're right. You see wheat growing in fields and <laughs> it's turned into products that we consume. But we can go into a whole different tangent talking about this misinformation. Um, and this is about something that Lauren mentioned about the nutrition facts label. So the only way for us to know what's in our food is to actually check the food label. Um, so if you see a claim like plant-based, what you need to do is pick up 
that package and flip it over and see what the label says. Um, so on the cauliflower pretzels, you might find that there's actually really little cauliflower in there. So a lot of products like these tend to be made with potato or rice flour, um, which is what we call the magical dusting of cauliflower powder, um, so that they could say that they incorporated plants into that product. Um, but if you're unfamiliar with how to read food labels, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, but Monica and, Monica and I are going to spend a few minutes here talking about some important highlights so you really can understand how to get that truth information out of a food package. Yes, thanks, Abby. I know that um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of my vegetable servings from pretzels these days with all that cauliflower. So uh, <laughs> let's really check it out though and break it down. So first on the label is, uh, you should probably check the calories. That's at the top of the label. Uh, we can find it first, but make sure we're looking at those calories per serving um, and the serving size. Uh, because if we're going to be comparing products, so if we're going to look at regular pretzels versus those plant-based pretzels, uh, it's important that we have a consistent serving size um, before we're comparing the product and making seeing which one has more nutrition in it than the other. We also want to check that serving size too to make sure we know how much to eat. Um, I know that I have a small glass at home that I drink milk out of every morning and I'm always like oh that's a cup well I actually measured it out one day and it's two cups uh, but the serving size of milk is actually one so therefore if I'm counting my calories we're, uh, I'm not doing it quite right if I think that's a cup so uh, the percent daily values on the right hand side of the label are also another great place to look and get a quick understanding of the nutrition content of the food so there's percentages over there, 20% of the daily value is normally considered high. So if you're looking at a label and you see 20%, um, that means this item is high in it. So you really wanna try to um, only find, use that in the food, the things that are good on the label. So if you look towards the bottom of the label, you're gonna see all those vitamin and nutrients. Um, those are the items you're gonna to want to be 20% or higher. Because uh, the, the more vitamins and nutrients that's in it, the more nutritious the food is for us. Uh, 5% is typically considered low, and so you're going to want to look for things on the label um, to be as close to 5% or lower if you can. Um, so when we go to the top of the label and we see total fat, um, the cholesterol, sodium, those are all typically things that we're looking to limit in our diet. Uh, so we're going to want to keep those uh, foods closer to 5%. Um, if we're going back up though, talking about total fat, you could also see unsaturated fat on the label and that might be something you're looking to increase. Uh, so you could look for maybe a higher number in the unsaturated fat content to determine the uh, nutrient content of this food. And please remember any of these recommendations of these items that I'm saying higher or lower, they're general. So please work with a dietitian or your doctor um, to determine your unique needs as far as what you need to be uh, looking for on that food label. A lot of what we say is general recommendations and, and everyone is unique. And so you, you may wanna ask um, more detailed questions pertaining to yourself. Um, another thing that I'll actually find myself looking at a lot on the um, food label is the added sugars line. I love that that is now on most of our nutrition facts labels. Um, it's recently been added and required. Um, and that's a great place to look and ensure that you're purchasing products with less added sugar. 
So you can actually look at that label and see the difference between the sugar that's naturally occurring in the product and what's added. Um, so a good example that I like is applesauce. So applesauce naturally has sugar. So when you flip it over, you'll see there is sugar, but so say 10 grams, but you might read that there is two grams of added sugar, just for an example. Um, and so it can really help you make an informed decision about your food and compare maybe two applesauce products next to each other and pick the one with less added sugar. Um, since that's something that we should try pretty um, hard to um, control and limit. And finally, the ingredients list is found at the bottom of the food panel. So this, um, the ingredients here are listed in descending order by weight. So that can get a little confusing, but basically the item that's listed first is the heaviest and the most abundant in that food. So it's a great place to confirm the front of the package and the packaging claims. So if it says it's plant-based, what plant is actually being used in, in the largest quantity um, that is being put on that claim on that package? So if it claims to have more protein, um, how much protein really is in it? Um, and is that food we is that the food that we should be actually choosing to get our protein from? So is it something that's a good source of protein? Um, and so next we really want to remember Lauren's words about supplements as well. They aren't always regulated and we can get most of our nutrients from the food that we eat. So I'll let Monica kind of take it away here um, about our supplements. Sure. Thanks, Abby. So uh, I would recommend anyone who's looking to learn more um, to visit the USDA and the FDA websites to understand those food label regulations that we just uh, really talked about. Um, and do keep in mind too that the USDA is regulating our meat, poultry, and eggs while the FDA does everything else. Uh, so you'll need to visit two different websites um, respective to the items you're looking for um, for those regulations. Uh, Lauren also mentioned to look for third-party verifications when it comes to those supplements especially. Um, so there are many third parties out there and if you're unsure of which ones to maybe follow, uh, I would recommend reaching out to an RD or other credentialed expert to learn which ones are more trusted. She did mention in her episode, there was NSF, Informed Sport, Informed Choice, and USP. And the USP one is very specific to the dietary supplements. So if you're just looking to you know, take calcium and vitamin D, USP is a good 30-party supplement for that, where the other uh, others mentioned are more for um, your athletes and maybe the uh, performance-enhancing supplements. I don't mean illegal, but they are confirming <laughs> that those illegal ones are in there. So your uh, protein powders um, and that kind of thing that you might be taking um, to reach some of these nutrient needs. But like she said, we can reach most of our nutrient needs through food. Um, so there's just not a whole lot of reason to be taking supplements um, unless you truly know you're deficient in something um, and, and need, need to be taking extra. Um, and I would recommend having blood drawn and that sort of thing from your doctor to find out if you're actually um, deficient in any of these vitamin and nutrients before jumping right into the supplement game because she mentioned and we have another episode two later talking more about supplements of whether they're actually effective and whether they're safe if there's things in them that shouldn't be there and so forth. So thanks again for joining us for this episode of Bite by Bite, Bite Nutrition for Life. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life. Until next time, remember to ask questions, challenge the myths, and stay true to you.